Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 446. Yes, folks, the episodes are flying. Um, we've got a got my great co-host with me, Adrian, from Groundhog, and we've got a great guest as well. We've got Chris Hanlock from WordHerd as well. And we're going to be talking about everything around migrating from different platforms to another platform and Chris runs a specialised company that deals with that day in. So I thought he would be the ideal guest to talk about this really interesting subject. First of all, um, Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners, the new listeners and viewers? Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. Here is the co-host for the WP Tonic Show. Uh, if you require any sort of CRM marketing, automation, email marketing, yada, 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 on your WordPress site as a plugin, then we're kind of the solution for you. And you can find out more about that at groundhog.io. Yes, he's the good looking one. So, and um, we've got our guest, Chris, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Chris Hadlock. I'm the president and CTO of WordHerd. And we are a website migration uh, company. We migrate uh, any CMS to WordPress, and uh, we also have an add-on CRM migration service. That's great. And before going to the main part of the interview, folks, I'd like to talk about our major sponsor, which is Kinster Hosting. Kinster has been sponsoring the show for a couple of years. They also host the WP Tonic website. Been totally blown away by the quality of their hosting and their support. They, they host on Google Cloud, one of the best virtual cloud hosting platforms on the market at the present moment, in my opinion. They've just recently introduced some upgrades and they say, and I'm, I'm sure they're right, that they've become 200% faster. It's, it was pretty, it was some of the fastest hosting on the market. It's just got substantially a lot faster. If you're looking for a great platform for your learning management system, your WooCommerce, anything that needs a bit of real hosting performance, I suggest either for yourself or for your clients, you go over to Kinster, have a look at their plans, buy one of them, and also tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. Now for the main part of the interview. So, Chris, um, you came on my radar and I looked at your website and your bio and I thought he, you were the person to come on the show to talk about migration because I have, um, in my own niche, which is learning management systems, we have a number of SaaS competitors um, like Kajabi and I regularly um, get people that um, have found out that in the end, a enclosed SaaS system doesn't totally meet their needs and they want to come to the freedom of WordPress. Then they find that Kajabi makes it pretty difficult to move. So we've done a few ourselves and it has all been done manually. So maybe can you give a quick outline on some of the key platforms that you help people with to migrate into WordPress and then maybe give us some 
things that people got to think about before they go down this path? Sure. So um, our top platforms are Adobe Business Catalyst, HubSpot, Drupal, Joomla, and Typo3. Um, but we can migrate any CMS into WordPress. Uh, we have uh, different API connectors uh, for some of the top platforms. And then we also can do a combination of scraping um, on custom sites that don't have uh, those API connections. So we've developed a proprietary tool around this process, which uh, we use in-house. Um, and it's been said to save about 94% of the time uh, over manual migration. That's fantastic. So um, what are some of the key things that people got to realize before they approach somebody or some of the things they got to understand before them that help you achieve a really successful migration? Well, there's a lot of things to take into account when you migrate a site. Um, it's not just the content, but it's um, all of the images and the assets. Um, if you were to do that manually, you would need to download, re-upload, ensure all the SEO is intact, uh, relink everything. So um, that's what our tool really helps with and where its, uh, its strength is. Um, it, can, it can do all of that in an automated fashion. Um, so, so yeah, the things that would need to be taken into account is just ensuring that all those images are relinked in the media library, all the SEO is intact for the images, the pages, the posts. Um, 301 redirects are implemented if necessary, if any URLs change. That's great. Over to you, Adrian. So if someone's, uh, if someone's migrating, what, what, uh, what kind of questions do you get? Like, what, what is their key want from migrating from some other CMS? Because you, you usually do migrations from some other CMS to WordPress, right? So what, what are the reasonings for that? It kind of varies. It depends on the platform. Um, sometimes it's that they're um, locked into a system that's got a high monthly recurring fee. Um, or uh, with Adobe Business Catalyst, this platform is end of lifing in 2021. So uh, we've partnered with WP Engine and Pressable um, to migrate sites um, from Adobe Business Catalyst into WordPress. And uh, there's many, many people out there that are on that platform looking for the service. Um, we actually just went through a year-long vetting process with WP Engine and Adobe. Uh, where they vetted our migration tool, and that's where those savings calculations were were determined. Wow! So, uh, like, is there is there any like data loss associated with this migration, or is it kind of like you know an all in one? You get you get to keep everything more or less structured in a way that you're familiar with, or is there is this just like is there a little bit of data loss, a lot a lot of data loss? What what can people expect? Uh, no data loss and an exact theme to match. Really? Uh, so, like, yeah. do you like build the theme custom, or 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 how does that work? Yeah, we have uh, theme developers in house that will recreate the theme, um, but we also have been uh, toying with some technology that we call intelligent theming, which recreates the design um, and layouts in WP Bakery or Gutenberg. Um, so it'll actually look at the structure of the page and recreate all of that in WordPress in an automated fashion. That's just pretty incredible, Jonathan. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's why I thought I would have Chris on the show because I was blown away. Now, Chris, I know I'm going to ask you a really difficult question, but um, maybe you, just, you can just give us a couple of examples if you want to. You know, how much does this roughly cost in, Chris? Can you give some idea what it costs, you know, on a, on a couple of the, the most popular platforms that you regularly work with and give us some very broad figures? Well, I can give you an idea of what we base our pricing on. Um, we base it on total number of pages and posts, uh, the complexity of the design and whether or not that needs to be recreated, um, whether the SEO needs to be re- remain intact or if they uh, don't really have SEO and they don't necessarily need that migrated. Um, so like a very small brochure site um, would would probably be uh, between 500 and 1,000, and uh, then sites beyond that would be higher. Yeah, and I, I do understand because that was a, a little slightly unfair question, but I, <laughs> I'm sure it's a question that you're asked almost every day, isn't it? I, I'd love to know the yes. biggest migration. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Uh, the largest migration we did was for Northern Arizona University, um, which is just right up the mountain from me. And it was a 250 microsite migration from Ektron, which is an enterprise platform in the WordPress multi-site. So um, they had like 250 various like properties on subdomains or subfolders or whatever, and you migrated all of that to a WordPress multi-site? Exactly. Yeah, they're all uh, different departments that are within the organization. So they needed um, different user roles and whatnot for access to different microsites. I'm I'm just curious because I'm I'm a developer techie person myself, and I'm kind of just curious. Did you have to like build? You know, did a lot of your because you said you've been building this tool for a long time. I'm 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 curious if that particular job spurred a lot of the innovation that you currently have in your platform. Were you already like ready to go with that one? I would say that we were um, mostly ready to go, but they had some custom um, widgets that they used, uh, different short codes. Mm-hmm. And within our tool, we have a place where you can actually um, write some additional code that uh, goes into a virtual machine. Um, so it doesn't actually touch the core logic. And we could write uh, uh, transformers that created uh, short codes out of different widgets that we were coming across while we were processing. Very cool. And I, I've, I've done a few like website migrations myself, and it is bar none the most painful process <laughs> on planet earth uh, for anybody, you know, because I, I just gave up. I don't deal with staging. I don't deal with anything. Live changes are just pushed to the live site because I'm lazy and don't know how to do it really, really well. But because the reason it's so difficult is because, you know, as you're like making changes to your staging site or your development site or whatever, or you, you have migration, you have authors or you have payments or you have sales that are happening on the live site while you're making these changes now. And that, and the, the, the then, pulling that over is like a super process because it takes time to do that, usually maybe a month or a couple of weeks. And by that time, your live instance is further ahead in terms of iterations than your than the one that you're working on. So how long does this process actually take in order to kind of narrow that gap in order to ensure that there's almost no change in between the time where you're switching over from your kind of like your old platform to your new platform? Our typical concept... Migration is scheduled for about two weeks, and that's based on the size of our team and our workload. Mm-hmm. Um, so we usually ask for a content freeze 
Um, it, it's not necessarily for the entire two weeks, but when we're going to actually do the migration, which could take a day, could take two days, depending on the size of the site. Right. So basically, but basically you just put a lock on it. Like, all right, you're not allowed to like create sales orders, whatnot within this time frame, so that, you know, when we do do the migration, like everything's hunky-dory. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's obviously not possible, um, especially on a site where people are selling things. Um, so if we're doing a WooCommerce migration, then um, we just try to um, launch the site quickly after we migrate. And um, then anything that's left over, we kind of move at the last minute. Okay, so you kind of just like have someone like log into the old place and like grab the last little few orders and pop them over when you're ready. Exactly. Very cool. Jonathan? So, um, Chris, have you found in general that a lot of enclosed systems, not open source, do you do you feel they, they, they make it difficult to migrate to something else? Some do. Um, others just simply don't have... Uh, the APIs that are necessary to, uh, to make it um, seamless. Um, but that's why our tool uh, was originally built on scraping technology um, so that we can migrate based on a site map and just target certain areas of a site and uh, grab the content and images and whatnot from that. All right. That's great. I think we're going to go for our break. We're going to be talking about the whole area in a bit more detail in the second half, folks. We'll be back in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've got a real expert on the show talking about an area that's not talked about that much. But like I say, Chris Hadlock is the expert, the head of Word Heard. Um, and we're talking about migrating, you know, to WordPress, you know, which is a great idea, I feel. Um, so, Chris, what about what about WooCommerce? You mentioned it a bit in the first half with my co-host, Adrian. Are you getting a lot of people looking at moving away from SaaS kind of um, e-commerce, looking at WooCommerce? Yeah, we get a combination of... Um... CMSs and um, different e-commerce platforms as well. So I would say CMSs are our top um, migrations, and then uh, e-commerce would be second up. So and which then, ones? Which ones are they looking to move away from to go into WordPress or WooCommerce? Uh, the typical Shopify, uh, BigCommerce, Magento. I'm fascinated because now Shopify is really kind of those that really push it. And don't get me wrong, um, I, I have done some Shopify development myself. It's seen as such a, a great alternative to WooCommerce. Why do people, is it very similar to what you said in the first first half, cost? But what are some of the reasons you come across why they're moving from Shopify to WooCommerce? 
Um, I would say that the main reason is cost. And, um, and then just second to that would probably be just having an open source platform where they can easily design. They're more used to WordPress um, and the themes that it offers. Right. Over to you, Adrian. So I see that, uh, and we talked a little bit about it, I think. You have, a, you do, or at least we were talking about early before the call. You do about 30% or 30% of your overall like, migrations are for CRMs. That's correct, right? Yeah, I would say that's about true. Okay. So uh, what, what are the difficulties that people genuinely experience while switching their CRM? Are there any things that people should be looking at? Because... 50% of, and I run a CRM-based business, marketing automation, email marketing, et cetera. And I can solidly say that a good portion of our customers are switchers. Uh, switchers being they jump from place to place to place, trying to you know figure out the CRM and the marketing automation tool that fits their needs. What are some of the most common you know points of interest or, or things that people that use switch CRS for need to consider before deciding to make the leak to go from software A to software B and possibly, you know, beyond that? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I would say that they need to consider um, what it is exactly that they're looking for out of the new CMS or CRM. I mean, mm -hmm. um, if they're looking like specifically with um, HubSpot, which we get a lot of migrations for, um, they're wanting to migrate um, their CRM uh, and their CMS because they're uh, closely tied together. So one of the things that um, we often need to uh, account for is that uh, CRM customers or users are being tracked within WordPress. Um, so that that's one example of that. So what do so if Jen, so are you talking about people moving to HubSpot or away from HubSpot? Away, if they're moving away from HubSpot, one of the thing, one of the things that they need to do is just ensure that that tracking is still in place. Right. And so, how do you? I'm I'm curious. So, what, what if they're moving mm -hmm. away from HubSpot? What are they moving to to offer that sort of like that best relationship with WordPress? Um, there's quite a few uh, systems out there that we migrate to, but none of them integrate with WordPress seamlessly. Um, uh, some of them uh, that I can name are like. Sharp Spring, uh, Active Campaign, um, Mail. Some people just put the Mailchimp, mm -hmm. which doesn't really lend that tracking capability. Okay, very cool, Jonathan. <laughs> he needs to know about Groundhog, doesn't he? <laughs> you better have a phone, better have a chat together, and you. Uh, um, so, do you, do you find you know everything you know? Are, what is the kind of spread of of clients that approach you? Are they mostly I you know is it me is it medium sized businesses and large organisations that approach you when you're dealing so you're dealing with IT professional or do do you have a very broad uh, amount of inquiries from different people? And secondly, um, do you have to really explain to them that even with your great custom tools, this isn't going to be totally a simple exercise. Does there have to be a fair bit of education involved? When we first started out, um, it was very broad. And uh, we have really been working over the past uh, year or two to hone in on businesses. 
<clears throat> we work a lot with agencies um, as um, add-on service to what they're providing to their customers. Uh, we also work with a lot of um, SEO firms. And um, it's helpful when companies uh, know exactly what's involved in the process or they have some kind of experience in CMSs. They've got the arrows in their back already. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're focused primarily on small to large business. Right. Because uh, do you find with the non-people you know, outside what you just described, they, they, they think that you can do this very quickly and very cheaply? Is that the basically the problem? Yeah, I think they're looking more for um, like a plugin that just automates the entire process and um, they just basically go in there and push a button for $50 and... And it's over. Um, but we we look at this as, as a, a larger process and we ensure that everything is intact. You don't lose any SEO equity um, and that your design is an exact match and that your content is editable in a way where you don't have to know HTML in the end. Right. Over to you, Adrian. How much uh, manual work is actually expected in any, in, uh, let's just take, you know, you're kind of middle of the road migration. You know, it's not, it's not as big as your largest client, but it's certainly not as small as your smallest client, like kind of middle of the road. How much manual work is actually uh, expected and do you take care of it or is that on the business to take care of it? What's the distribution? Uh, we take on the entire load um, unless they decide that they want to implement a theme when we're done. Um, but we'll take on the entire load and it's it's all automated except for the theme at this point. And that's what we've been working with with the intelligent theming. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. Yeah, you kind of mentioned a few times HubSpot and I've got to be frank, I don't expect you to agree with, with what I'm just going to say. I think HubSpot uh, are fantastic marketers. I've got mm-hmm. to put that, you know, they've managed... I've spoken to a few people that after the kind of marketing magic has worn off, um, the actual reality of the HubSpot platform hasn't been that inspiring. Is that what you sense why a lot of, lot, lot of people have been approaching you to, to drop HubSpot and go to something uh, more open source? I, I personally think that HubSpot is a fantastic platform. Um, I think that one of the reasons that people leave is that it's uh, being underutilized. Uh, maybe they don't have somebody full-time um, to manage the marketing aspects of their it, It's really only worth it company. if you have someone consistently looking out, looking at the metrics, looking at the reports, making the decisions, you know, watching your KPIs, editing the emails, creating the campaigns, right. doing the tracking. And if you're a small business owner and you're kind of like a two, three-person operation you generally all have are wearing several different hats and you don't necessarily have the capacity to be that full-time person looking in HubSpot, making the fairly you know expensive $1,000 a month worth it. So <laughs> at least from my experience, because I've migrated a few people away from HubSpot manually, I might add, which is not fun by <laughs> any stretch sure. of the imagination. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, it, that's it. Generally, just comes down to, uh, and they'll even tell you it's just underutilization right. and the price. If you if you can't make the thousand dollars worth yeah. it, then they'd rather pay, you know, fifty dollars for something that just doesn't do as much, but it's enough for them to do what it is that they wanted in the first place. 
That's kind of very linked to some of the presentations you've done, isn't it, Adrian? That it is like I think that what you just said is so true, isn't it? You know, and thanks for um, pointing that out because I I don't think I was making that clear because I actually think it's a pretty good platform, but it can do so much and it's a bit overkill, isn't it, for the average medium sized business, isn't it? Yeah, that's like it's it's really good if you have. A, you know, a marketing team or like, you know, a marketing agency who's doing like almost full-time work for you to go in, set it up, manage it, you know, and look at the tracking, look at the KPIs, looking at the reports, and then making modifications to your business based on that stuff. But if you if you don't have that person, you're not logging in every day, and you're just not looking at it, the, it, it's really hard to justify the cost in your mind, even though that you know if you focused on it and you implemented it properly that it would be worth it. If you're not doing that, then it's just not, you know. Yeah. And there are other tools out there that are cheaper that can do like maybe like 50% or 60% of what HubSpot does, but at a drastically reduced price. Uh, and those are often enough to satisfy the business owner and to do the things, send the emails, do the tracking, and you know have some of the reports that that they offer. But without you know looking at your credit card bill, being oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So um, you also, Chris, you mentioned that you have people from other open source platforms, Joomla, Drupal. Um, yeah, yeah. Have you got any sense why those people want to move to WordPress? Um, a lot of. Uh, I think historically a lot of companies um, were sold on Drupal as an enterprise platform. Um, there's not a lot of developers out there for it. And um, it's just not really uh, not really the case anymore. I think WordPress has really grown uh, a lot over the years and it uh, rivals Drupal in many ways. And there's many developers out there that know the platform. So that's... Um, why I think a lot of enterprises are seeing the light and moving to WordPress. Um, same with Joomla. Joomla is just, you know, was really popular for a while. Um, and it's a fine platform, but again, there's not a lot of developers out there, not a lot of support. And I think that that's the main reason people are wanting to move from that. I've got another question. Well, let's go, uh, let's wrap up the podcast part of the show and I'll, I'll give you my other question in the bonus content. So Chris, What's the best way to get hold of you and learn more about your company? Uh, you could visit our website at wordherd.io. Um, and you could use any of our platform landing pages to submit a free uh, an inquiry for a free quote. Or you could just use our contact form to simply contact us. That's great. And Adrian, how do people find out more about you and what you're up to? If you're looking for a CRM marketing automation tool that does rival HubSpot, but as a WordPress plugin, so it's all nice and integrated and in one place, then you can go to Groundhog with 2Gs.io uh, and download our free plugin off the WordPress repository, or you can get a premium plan and, and get some awesome extra features, advanced email editor, drag and drop funnels, and all of that good stuff. And again, you can go to Groundhog with 2Gs.io to find out more about that. And if you're looking to get to the freedom of WordPress around your course developer, designer, um, implementer, and you're looking for the freedom of WordPress, come to WP Tonic and we can integrate everything with Groundhog and um, you'd be happy 
Bun Bunny. And also, if you want to really support the show, go to iTunes and give us a review. It really does help the show. We'll be back next week with another great guest. And we'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.